Y'all doing good? Yeah. Hey, listen, I just want to give a shout out up front. Kylas, who was playing my guitar this morning, acoustic, he didn't know he was playing until 9.10 this morning. Uh, so, he killed it. Killa, killa. Uh, it's so good to see y'all this morning. Um, I guess you're wondering why we sing all them songs about battles and and armies and devils being defeated and those kind of things because we're in week seven of our study through the book of Ephesians. It's actually the last week of our study through the book of Ephesians. And what we've learned so far is that is that that we we began to discover, especially at the beginning, that our position that what our position as believers are in Christ, that we are children of God. We are seated on the throne in glory with Christ presently. Not because of anything that we have done, but it's all because of what he has done on the cross, right? Which should relieve some of us. Because we live in a culture where it says, try, 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 pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and when we can't, we fail, we, like, which is often, like really all the time. We're never good enough. We're never doing this. But what, what the cross does and what Jesus did was make us holy and righteous and perfect in his sight, in, God, in our Father's sight. And then it's all because of what he has done because we couldn't clean ourselves up, Ephesians 2 said, right? Like you were so gone, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Like you chose Satan over Jesus. You're like, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. Like you did. You're like, well, dear God's born with a sin nature. I can't help that. But even if you weren't, the Bible is clear. You would still choose sin. Adam and Eve walked in the garden with, the, with God every day and still chose to disobey him. Hello. So what makes you think you're any better? They saw Jesus face to face and still was like, you know what? I think I'm going to eat this whatever the fruit was. We'll say it's grapefruit. Hopefully it was real sour. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? We are children of God. We are, we are redeemed from our sinful nature because of what Christ did on the cross, which makes us children, makes us heirs, makes us still on the throne of grace right now. And because of that, because of that, it, like, it calls us in to walk a certain way in this life, not out of duty, but out of gratitude for what was done for us. You with me? Like, a lot of people are like, well, I, just have, I have to go to church, I have to go do this, I have to be good to people. No, no, no. You get to because you were being, like, you were, like, you were good too. Like, Jesus was good to you. So because of that gratitude, because of your gratitude for what Christ has done, you're going to walk differently. But it's not out of duty, but out of gratitude for what Christ has already done. But here's the thing. When we begin to do stuff like this, something happens, right? Something happens. We can say it like this. It's, it, it's a, like when we start to live in gratitude, walk in obedience, to what we are called into, to live worthy of the gospel, which he has called us, as Paul earlier in Ephesians said. It's a call to war. You're like, the devil ain't bothering me. Well, it's probably because you're not doing anything. My life is great. Well, I'm glad. Once you step out of that, though, you're going to get some battles. It's a, it's a call to war. Right now, that, right now it's, it's a war. there's a war raging for your soul. It's a battle on the inside of us and on the outside of us. And it's a war that we can't get out of no matter how far we try. No matter how far we try to run, it's a war that we can't escape from. It's inside of us. It's coming from the outside of us. And when we try to walk in obedience, our enemy Satan tries in every way to keep us from being a light to the world. Tries in every way to allow us not to live in gratitude, to show the world what, what it really looks like to live 
not what it looks like to spray perfume on a corpse. Because many people in this world are spraying perfume on a corpse that will eventually still stink. You with me? It's why First Peter, our friend Peter would write in First Peter 5, 8, he would say, be well balanced and always alert. Why? Because our enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. He's looking for you to step out, but we still got to step out. We got to take that chance because I'm going to let y'all know. At the end of Revelation, the book of Revelation, guess what it says? We win. <laughs> okay? Just to give you that forefront. We win. You don't have to worry about nothing. What if he what if he's what if he gives me like what if he's really mean to me and like does a lot of bad stuff? My life is like my life here is like over. Like you win. Even if you went to lose your life because you stepped out on, on, on in gratitude for what Christ has done for you, guess what? You'll stand face to face with your creator. Like how much better can they? Well, it's pretty bad. Like, no, no, no. You get to stand face to face with Jesus. I often tell people when I when I'm in graveyards and I'm doing the graveside service, I'm like, I'm, I'm not sad here. I'm actually just a little bit jealous because those my brothers and sisters who have gone on before me are standing face to face with the person I I I, I, I want to see one day. So don't don't be sad. Get jealous. Be courageous. But you gotta. Our enemy will seek you out and try to devour you. He'll try to eat you up. So how do we defeat these attacks? How do we defend against these attacks? And I believe Paul ends this letter to the, to the church, of the, church of Ephesus, and it's really to us, like with a battle plan for the day when the devil knocks. And that's the title for today, is when the devil knocks. When the devil knocks. And here's, here's listen to what he says. I love how Joe knocked on the table back there. <laughs> Here's how Paul starts this battle plan. You ready? It's not a normal battle plan. Finally, after so finally, that's one of those therefore words, right? So finally, so with everything that was just said from Ephesians chapter 1 up to 6, 6 9, here's what he says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in who? Yeah, because you can't. Y'all even lift, bro? Like, for real. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, because that's all he has, of the devil. Well, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over his, this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. It's a lot of stands, isn't it? Might be giving you a clue there. In the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Interesting, isn't it? Like Derek, that doesn't sound much like a battle plan. Well, first you have to understand that Paul here is trying to, to trying to get us to understand that this is not a familiar war. This isn't Russia versus Ukraine. This isn't Russia versus US. This isn't America versus Afghanistan. It's not it's not like that. It's a, it's a war that we can't win on our own. It's a war that we can't even see with our own eyes. We can't defeat it in our own strength, which has kind of been the point this whole time, right? Like you can't, you can't save yourself, you can't redeem yourself, and now you can't defend yourself. So what do we do? What do we do? Like Paul would, told, told uh, another, another city, another church, he would say this in 2 Corinthians, he would say, 
For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in difference of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and, ins- and insist that it, that, that it bows in obedience, that, ba- that, that it bow in obedience the anointed one. We first have to believe. Here's the thing. We're going to have. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to, do- to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to com- choose complete obedience. This isn't a war like you would see across seas or on land. This is a war for your soul. It's a war you can't see with your eyes. It's a war, it's a, it's a war for your mind and your heart. Right? But first, we have to believe and understand our position in Christ is in, is in Christ's strength and not our own. We first have to believe and understand our position is in Christ's strength and not our own. And not our own. It's the whole point of Ephesians 1 through 3, right? You have no strength at all except for what comes from the Lord. In fact, I'm going to go back to Sunday school. Anybody remember old flannel boards? Remember old flannel boards, right? When they tell the story of David and Goliath, the, the flannel thing of Goliath would be this huge thing and this little David right here. And they would teach David as if you were David. Right? You can overcome your giants. You can overcome like, But Hebrews tells us that David was a picture of Jesus fighting a battle. So that, who does that make you? You're the other Israelites cowarding in the corner like, look, look at the giants. You with me? Like, too many people are like, you know, you beat David. Go fight your giants. Fling that rock. Get, no, 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 no. You're the one back here crying going, we, we're going to die. Jesus is David. Because he is, he is the strength, not us. He is our strength. That's why, that's why it leads to, and notice it stands, our command is to stand firm in his strength, not in our own. Stand firm in his, the Lord's, strength, and not our own. So your first weapon is not, not a a, a offensive weapon. Your first is a defensive. I want to hide behind the one who created me and saved me. And if I'm behind him and he's in front of me, whatever the enemy throws at me, whatever the attacks come, as long as I stand firm behind my Savior, my Redeemer, I'm good. Our command is to stand firm. But Sometimes it's like, Derek, I need a little bit more than that. But Paul is really smart. He tells us how we can stand firm, right? He says, how do I do that? Paul's going to tell you. Here's what he says. Stand, therefore. What does he say? Stand, therefore. So with everything that was just stand, what just said, he's saying, here's how you're going to stand behind your Redeemer, having fastened on the belt of truth. Why is that so important? Why is that the first thing? That the first thing that Paul says is that we, and here's why, we have to know the truth about who Christ is and who we are in Christ. We have to understand, we have to know the truth about who Christ is and who we are in Christ. That's why he started Ephesians 1 through 3 the way he did. 
making sure we knew our position, make sure we knew who Christ was, and here's why. Satan is the deceiver who attacks your mind with lies. Go back to the garden again. What he did was he took God's word when, it, when, he, when he confronted Eve and said, did God really say? You with me? Did God really say? And she's like, well, not exactly. This is what he said. No, no, did and, and it, he deceives, he, he, tra- he tricks you, he takes God's word, God's word and twists it. That's why in John 8, 4, our, our friend John, he would say, you are the offspring of, of your father. This is, talking, this is talking about those who are non-believers, and the, uh, but really focus on the part of the devil, okay? You are the offspring of your father, the devil, and you serve your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. He has been a murderer right from the start. He never stood with the truth. He goes on to say, for he is full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is a master of deception and the father of lies. From the beginning with Adam and Eve, Satan has deceived man by twisting God's word to, to deceive us into believing a lie, and which, causes, which then causes us to question God's word, right? If, we, if, he can get us, if he can get us to believe a twisted version of God's word, we begin to believe a lie, which then causes us to question God's word. And when we question God's word, we begin to question the goodness of God. And when you start to question the goodness of God, it's easier to disobey the will of God. So he goes from twisting, he goes from twisting God's word to deceive us. And then when we are deceived, we begin to question God's word. And when we begin to question God's word, we begin to question the goodness of God, and, we, and, we, when we be, and when we question the goodness of God, it's easier to disobey the will of God. And this isn't saying that you can't have questions and you can't have doubts. This where do you take those questions and doubts? You with me? I'm gonna be honest. As coming from a pastor, I have questions, and some, on some things I have doubts. But here's what I know, that God has been so good to me, and he has never lied to me. He has never led me astray. That even in my doubt and my not knowing, I can lean in on him because he can take care of me. I can stand firm in him because I've seen how good he is. But he goes on to say this. He goes, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt, plate of, the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of of righteousness. And here's what the word righteousness means. Righteousness means a right standing with God. Righteousness means a right standing with God. We have to guard our hearts with truth that we are righteous in God's sight. You're like, Derek, why is that so important? Why is it so important that we are righteous and holy in Christ? Because you have been made clean. (coughs) You've been made new in Him. Here's the deal. Here's why this is important. See, when the devil talks to you about God, he lies. When God talks to you about God, he lies. But when the devil talks to you about you, he accuses. When God talks to you about lies, that's what we just talked about. When God talks to you about God, he lies. He twists. But when God talks to you about you, he accuses. We've got to guard our hearts. That's why Revelation, Revelation 12, 10, it's very important that we understand this, that when this is John talking. He said, then I heard a trumpet 
a triumphant voice in heaven proclaiming, Now salvation and power are set in place, and the kingdom reign of our God and ruling authority of his anointed one are established for the accuser of our brothers, talking about Satan, for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who are who relentlessly accused them day and night before our God has now been defeated, cast out once and for all. That's something to celebrate there at the end, but notice that beginning part, day and night he's going to accuse you. That's all we have to have, the breastplate of righteousness to know who we are. We have to guard our minds from lies and our hearts from accusations. Because doesn't it hurt when you get accused for something? Especially when you haven't done it. it happened to me a couple weeks ago. It hurt. Like, how dare them, but couldn't find out it wasn't totally true. But that's beside the point. We're the accuser of our brothers. Like, there's a thing, like, <coughs> like here's the thing. Satan, before you sin, says, it's no big deal. No one will find out. Everyone does it. You deserve it. It's only this once. You won't get caught. Like, don't worry about it. Everybody, everybody doing that. Everybody doing it. But then after you do it, guess what Satan does? He says, you are nothing. How could God even love you? Your life is ruined. You're pathetic. You feel that sometimes? Well, just a minute ago, you told me it was fine, twisting God's word, and now you're telling me it's not, I'm not good enough, I'm pathetic. That's why we have to have the belt of truth that guards us, and the, breast, the breastplate of righteousness to help us understand who we are. Because here's the deal. If Satan can get you to live in shame, he knows you won't reach you won't reach for Christ. You with me? How many times have you heard people say, well, I just got to get myself together before I can come back to church, before I can come back to God? No, 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 no. No. Because if he can get you to live in shame, he'll stop you from reaching for Christ. Satan, before you sin, says it's no big deal. No one will find out, but after you sin, he says, he'll say, how dare you? How could God really love you? How could you do that to your to your father? But here's the good news. My friend John wrote this. I love this. My dear children, I'm writing this to you that, you that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. <laughs> if we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father, he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous, the one that's living in us. He is actively Father. That is, he is ours. He's actually, do you see him sitting here with me? Like he is ours. She is. She is ours. They are in me. So the devil. So they, the devil may be our accuser. I totally wrote this wrong in there, but so right. So, so those don't pay attention to that. The devil may be our accuser, but Jesus is our advocate. The devil may be our accuser, but Jesus is our advocate. Keep going. I love this stuff. <laughs> the devil may be our accuser, but Jesus is our advocate. Verse 15. For shoes, because everybody knows you got a new, like a new pair of kicks, right? For shoes, put on the peace that comes from, from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And then here's what, here's what this means. And you're, like, you're like, Derek, what it like? It's, just trust me for a second. Okay, because this is what I'm about to say. Um, Peace, peace that that verse talks about, right? The shoes put on peace that comes. Peace is synonymous with the word rest, right? 
And here's what here, and I'm not talking about like taking a nap, snoring rest. I'm talking about where you sit. We spent the first couple of weeks talking about our position in Christ, like we can rest in the fact that we are Christ's. Our peace comes in the fact that we can rest in Christ's work. You with me? Because I don't know about y'all, but I can't rest with a tight pair of shoes on. You with me? Yeah, it'll make more sense here in a minute, but we can rest in Christ. Peace is synonymous with, with shalom or rest. We don't rest in our abilities. We don't put ourselves pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We rest in Christ. We put on the we put on peace. We what makes us ready to walk is our position in Christ that we have rested in Him. Verse sixteen then goes on to say, "In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. With all the evil darts of the evil one, we guard ourselves with faith." that Christ will do and complete all that he said he would do. That's, that's, that's what faith means. Believing and trusting in what Christ said he would do. If he said he would finish it, then he will finish it. You're like, yeah, my world may be upside down right now, but I know that this is what Christ said about me as his follower, that the best is yet to come. So even if I do lose my life in this, in this world, I know I have a kingdom waiting for me that he has prepared for me. That's why it's whether I live or die, it's gain, right? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So he goes on, he says this, and take the helmet of salvation. This is a, this is a tool of remembrance. A tool of remembrance. We have to bring to remembrance the salvation given to us. Because if Satan can infiltrate our minds with lies about how good we are, or look at what I have done, it will, it will affect our will, and that leads to our hearts, and it infects us with pride. And Satan is the destroyer who targets our will with pride. If we, we have to remember that our salvation is not from, from ourselves, but it's from him. Like nothing we have done can earn that salvation. Right? It's all based on him. Because that's why Ephesians 2 would say, so that no one can boast. You're saved by grace, so that no one can boast. We have to bring to remembrance our salvation about how good God is, not how good we are. Even Jesus, when, he, when somebody called him a hey, good teacher, what did Jesus say? Why do you call me good? Only God is good. Which he was saying, that's me, I'm good, I'm God. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, see, Derek, I told you he didn't even know if he was good. No, 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 that's not what that means. Now he was saying, you recognize I'm good because I'm from my Father in heaven. Listen to this, Proverbs 16, 8. Pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before the fall. We begin to live in pro- with pride. We begin to live with, with pride, then we, we will fall tremendously. Our boasting is in Christ and Christ alone and no one else. So far, that's how we stand in Christ. Stand behind Christ. In 6, going on 17, going on, it says, And take the helmet of salvation and, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is your only offensive weapon. Your only offensive weapon. All the rest of it's defensive, right? If you get knocked in the head, you get knocked in the chest, you got to hold your pants up so you can run fast, you know what I'm saying? Put, the, get put, put on some good shoes. This is your only 
offensive weapon is the Word of God. To defeat Satan, we have to carry in us the Word of God. To defeat Satan, we have to carry in us the Word of God. When Jesus was tempted in, in the desert, what, what, what did he use? The word of, words of his Father. I shall not live by bread alone. When it comes to Scripture, we have to be students of the Word. We have to be students of the Word. And that's more than listening to someone like me once a week. You want to wonder why you can't fend off all these attacks? It's because you don't know who the one, you don't really know the one who redeemed you. You have, we have to be students of the Word. I'm going to read two different versions of this one, of this one passage because I love it. Psalms 1, 19, 11 says, I have stored up, I stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And I love this translation. It says, I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure. What's your greatest treasure? I consider your prophecies to be my greatest treasure, and I memorize them and write them on my heart and keep and, and write them on my heart to keep me from committing sin. Sin, treason, treason against you. I consider your prophecies to my, my greatest treasure. Is that how you feel about God's word? Or is it just something you would, we can talk about on Sundays? Do you treasure the word of God? Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Married, married couple. Let's say one of y'all decides, you know what, I'm never going to come home, but I want to stay married. Is that going to work? No. Why? You have to be together. You have to communicate with each other. This is the way that we communicate with our Heavenly Father, our Redeemer. This is how we know who He is. So it goes on to say, Ephesians 6.18, He goes, Praying at all times in the Spirit. Praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Why is, why is prayer? I think prayer is one of the most important. Sometimes we can, we, can, we can lament each other, right? We can tell each other, uh, complain to each other, right? We can tell each other, but sometimes we forget that we have a Heavenly Father who wants us to bring those things to Him. See, what happens with prayer? Prayer is the arena where our faith meets God's ability. Prayer is the arena where our faith meets God's ability. This is how we fight in this war. By standing firm. By standing firm in who Jesus is. And who we are in Him. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we stand firm. Here's how Paul ends this letter. And also for me, that words may be given to me in, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains because he's in prison right now. It seems like he's always in jail, you troublemakers, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak, so that you also may know so that you may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychius, 
the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will tell you everything. He goes on to say, I have sent him to you for sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to you. Peace be to the brothers. Love with faith. For God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love and purpose. This is Paul saying throughout this whole letter. You are Christ because of, you're in Christ because of what Christ has done for you. So with you believing that and being grateful for that, this is how you live. And when you start to get, live this way, the enemy is going to attack you. You're doing good. Don't think just because bad things are happening in your life is that you're on the wrong path. No, no, no. It could be that you're on the right path. Now, sometimes sometimes we give the devil too much credit for our stupid things. You know what I'm saying? That we do. But if you're walking in, trying to walk in obedience and attacks come, you can look at the devil and say, you know what? Revelation tells me that you're already defeated, so what are you even doing? Why are you even trying? Because in the end, I'm going to stand face to face with Jesus. And in fact, it says, you will be under my feet. You can do the holy, holy pop on So I don't know how you're living. And you're like, Derek, that sounds, all this sounds great, but it's too hard to live that way. I'd rather just live in peace over here and not worry about it. Then go for it. But you will never, but you will never, never reach potential that God has for you. In this room, we have world changers. In this room, listening online, we have world changers. In this room, we have, like, I look at Kylas up here playing, and I'm just like, dude, you know what I'm saying? I look at, I look at all, these, all of our kids here, and like one day, if they walk in obedience to you, what could they do? But there's also going to be attacks on them and on us. Sometimes we try to fight things in our own strength and we fail and we give up and we return back to our old sin nature. And Paul tells us exactly how to defeat Satan. It's to stand. Now as you stand, your one offensive weapon is to speak God's word. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. I am who he says I am and he says I am a child of God. I am a saint. I am holy and I am righteous. I don't. I'm not who you are saying I am. You can keep trying to give these lo- give these lies about God, twisting God's word to me if you want to. You can keep trying to bring up things in my shameful past. But guess what? I am righteous. I have a right standing in front of God. Even when I, if I fail today, I still have a right standing. Not because of anything I have done, but because of what He has done. Maybe Satan, you need to look at Ephesians yourself. And then skip over to Revelation and watch you be defeated. Watch yourself be thrown in the lake of fire. It's going to be awesome. Hope we all get a little, this is Sparta moment, you know what I'm saying? That'd be awesome. This is Sparta. How are you living? If you're not being challenged in the outside world, internal struggles, and you're probably not living the life you need to, you're safe in that regard. Ain't worried about you. So for those of us who are going to stand firm, those of us who are going to walk with everything, 
be, be, be prepared to do that. And be prepared, don't tread on me, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Let's pray to God. We want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here, <coughs> to love you, through our, through our songs. God, may we have the courage and the boldness as we leave to stand firm in you, to walk in a way that's worthy of the gospel that will cause Satan to want, have to do something and that we can defeat him day after day after day because of your strength and not our own. God, maybe there's some people in here going through some battles. They're needing some chains broken. May they walk out of here knowing how to do that. That's standing in you. I pray all this in your name. Amen.